Well, thanks so much for joining us Thursday morning. It's great. It's great to have you here. It's always good to be able to engage in the conversations like we've been doing this morning. It's been so good. Lots of input, lots of texts and phone calls. That phone line is always open for you at one 332 8255 And it's another nice day. Mild today. High temperatures of probably zero or even just onto the plus side of things for much of central and south Sask. And the weather looks good going going forward, too. Still bits of fog in areas, so we're not fog-free. That's something to be aware of if you're heading out on the highway. So I've talked about this a couple of times, that devastating fire at the hog barn near Cudworth that happened a couple of weeks back led to the loss of thousands of pigs. Such a devastating, unfortunate situation. And sadly, it's not uncommon. There have been dozens of fires at hog farms throughout Canada reported in this country, even right here in Saskatchewan. In the last few years, we've had three of them, but there's been many more than that in the last decade plus. And that begs the question, why why are these happening? What can we do to prevent it? And I wanted to bring someone in that we could talk a little bit more about this. Saskatchewan Fire Marshal Wayne Roger joins me on the fine, on the phone now. Wayne, thanks so much for taking the call this morning. You're very welcome, Evan. I'm uh, very happy to be here. So what is it about hog barns that, that make them susceptible to fire? There's a couple of elements within the, within the, the use, more so than the design, but in the use of a, a, a hog barn, uh, one is, you know, the, the, the design, the, 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 I, I want to say the, um, the manure that's created by the hogs is, is kept in storage tanks that, that are below the building. So there's slats in the floor that allow the, the effluent to flow down into these tanks, and then it gets pumped out. So, um, and that, with that, that manure as it, as it, as it, uh, ages, uh, gives off methane. So there's a, there's a neat, the, the, so now we have an ex, actually an explosive atmosphere potential there. So there's that aspect of it. Uh, so th- that's what we call fuel. Uh, the other side of the equation is, is you need, for a fire, you need a heat source. So we have in these, in these barns, usually very humid type conditions, and they can have an adverse effect on the utilities, whether it's electrical or mechanical, uh, that can cause unnecessary or uh, premature wear and tear, which then can lead to heat production through either um, resistance in electrical or, or wear and friction in mechanical systems. So those those two things put together are basically make it kind of a, a melting pot for something as tragic as this to happen. And those are the potentials, right? Those are the risks that 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 uh, that we're finding in a in a typical uh, hog operation, and that could be translated in some cases to to other animal uh, shelters as well. So whether it's chickens and turkeys or 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 cattle, uh, you know, those types of types of conditions, you know, humid because of all the animals that are in there, and having that having that wear and tear on the on the on the systems. Saskatchewan Fire Marshal Wayne Roger is my guest this morning. So, Wayne, is there something, like, I'm wondering if from a code or a regulation standpoint, there were some recent t- changes. If I remember correctly, they were actually made back in 2020, but they just came into effect. Will they help this this challenge? There was, there was a lot of work that was that was initiated by the provinces and territories uh, to, to Code Codes Canada to look at farm buildings and to update the, the 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 building and fire codes because of that very reason. And so the the work that went on uh from a fire code perspective is to look at, you know, 
what can we do to ensure or to reduce the risk of, of some of the conditions that I talked about previously? So the, now the fire code talks about doing some preventative maintenance, you know, bringing in some 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 experts, uh, you know, in, in this case, if you're doing electrical, you bring in a journey person, electrician, uh, you know, bring in some some thermographic uh, inspections, you know, where you're looking for hot spots, but bringing in these experts that can, that, that can look at these systems and find that there's 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 faults or or problems with the system, uh, recommend some 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 change that need to be to remove or to remove that that uh, potential fire risk. So, does the high rate of fires at hog barns cause challenges when it comes to getting insurance? Not that. Not uh, well. I, I think you'd have to ask the insurance company that because obviously, the more incidents you have in anything, when it, as it, as it affects insurance companies, it has an effect on premiums. So if we if, if we find you know whatever the incident is if if that if, if there's a growth in that type of an incident uh, that we're insured against uh, generally our our brokers and the insurance companies will look at that and decide that you know the on their business model obviously they would they would probably have to look at the premiums as a result is there I'm just wondering too is there there must be warning systems or some sorts of regular checks that can be done almost serving as an early detection of the potential of fire does that exist in the industry uh it, it's not certainly not prevalent in the industry the, the, the systems do exist if the if the uh if the, uh, the 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 operator wants to invest in them so we would normally call them fire alarm systems, you know, for, for the layperson. But there are detection-type systems with varied methodologies to, to detect flame or smoke or heat uh, that can exist in these kinds of environments um, if, the, if there's early warning that's wanted by the, by the operator. It's not mandated at this point, uh, but these systems do exist. Saskatchewan Fire Marshal Wayne Roger, my guest. So, Wayne, it seems to me... Like we have had a ton of fires in the last month and a half in our province. I actually just preparing for my chat with you didn't go online just off the top of my head. I think about the Cudworth pig barn, the Camsack Woodlander hotel and bar, which was 111 years old, the Yorkton barn on the exhibition grounds in Regina, the battery depot, wheat city metals, Luigi's pasta house, the P and H flour mill in Saskatoon, Lorburn elevator just this past week, what is going on? And I, I think I think these are the things that you you know in today's day and age uh, with social media uh, departments wanting to get information out on on their activities. Uh, that kind of information is more uh, accessible today than it was um, you know ten fifteen years ago. So the the, the occurrences seem to go up. Uh, but when we, you know, I, I think when we look at, at, at some of our, 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 our stats, it's, it's, I would, I would call it intermittent because there's a couple of years, similar kinds of, in, uh, instances where, you know, throughout the province, it seemed there was, there was all these fires going on. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I know why that they, there may be some timing issues other than we, you know, our, our analysis does tell us that, you know, Seasonally, we can see some changes. We, you know, we, there are trends in the winter time when we close up our houses. Um, fire incidents go up, you know, in, in interiors of our homes. So there's, there's there's a lot of parameters that may affect um, fire cause that may not be necessarily um, the same for each one of the ones that you just described. So here's here's the question, Wayne, and it starts with a story. I I go home and help my brother with harvest every year. 
couple of years ago, I'm sitting in the grain truck waiting for him to finish filling the, the combine to dump. And I see him because where we farm, there's lots of bush, so I can't watch him the whole time. All of a sudden, he comes around the trees coming the wrong direction. The pickup is up on the combine. He's clearly not combining. He's driving straight towards the grain truck. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, we've broke down. Something, Something's wrong. He jumps out of the combine, says, we got to get to the house. There's a fire. I got to go. So my brother is a volunteer firefighter in our hometown. And that makes me think about the number of volunteer firefighters we have in this province who are in many of these these ones that I threw out, Camsack, um, Lorburn Elevator. These are big fires that volunteer firefighters are going out and fighting on behalf of our communities. There's danger. How does the province support them in terms of training and supports for our volunteer firefighters? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there were 6,000 volunteer firefighters in the province are the backbone of our fire services here because of, uh, the, the, you know, the, first and foremost, just the size of our province. Uh, and we, communities, um, that, you know, scattered throughout and, and it's these, these men and women who, who, who give of their time, uh, to, to provide that service to their communities. So for us here at SPSA, you know, we've got a couple of, We've got a couple of models. Certainly, we have training uh, and education that leads to certification. So there's a, a, an established standard that is recognized across North America that that they can that they can that every firefighter has a right to 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 pursue, uh, and we offer that. But we also recognize that that certification is not mandatory. Um, and, and, and of course there's greater cost because it's a higher, higher standard, but we also have a, a, a training, um, regime that we're working with the Saskatchewan Volunteer Firefighters Association to deliver, you know, remotely so that these, these volunteer firefighters have the, the, the required job performance, um, skills and knowledge to, to be able to operate safely, uh, on the fire ground because as you indicated, this is, this is dangerous work. And we recognize that. So we're, you know, we're, we've got these two paths to, to help train firefighters so that they can work as safely as possible on the fire ground. 6,000 volunteer firefighters in the province. I had no idea that there were that many. And, yeah. you know, you talk about the safety in terms of fighting the fire. I'm going to go back to the pig barn fire. Um, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this on air before. My, my brother managed a, a pig operation for a number of years and was manager of one that had a big fire and hundreds, if not thousands of pigs perished in that fire. There is for volunteer firefighters that are dealing with, in some cases, fires that are burning and pigs that are dying, actively dying while they're fighting the fires, stepping over animal carcass, those types of things in these situations, that mentally has to be tough too. Between the work that that uh, that you and your team do and the Saskatchewan Volunteer Firefighters Association, is there also mental health help for, for these women and men as well? Yeah, and it's not just limited to barn fires. I mean, you know, you know, going to a motor vehicle collision can have some, um, some, some pretty tragic, uh, or difficult effects on the, on the, the first responders that are, that are going there. So, you know, there's a critical incident, uh, stress mechanism that's available to all firefighters in the province here, uh, so that if they're, if they're experiencing, um, difficulties in, in, in dealing with, with, 
the 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 outcome of a of an incident that they just responded to uh there there are there are means for for education for 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 spouses you know if they see changes in behavior of their partners who are are are, are emergency responders there's this avenue to start that conversation about mental health and and provide avenues for for our first responders to to seek you know seek out uh professionals to help them Wayne, this has been a great chat this morning. I appreciate you giving us some time. Oh, you're very welcome, Evan. Anytime. Wayne Rogers, Saskatchewan Fire Marshal, and uh, giving us some insight into some of these fires that we've seen over the last little while, which are, you know, so devastating. We were just talking about this yesterday. We we have these, I've mentioned, we have these planning meetings before the show, and so yesterday we were talking about today's show, and I was talking with a couple of people about the importance of some of these landmarks in our community. If I think about the Lorburn elevator, that is devastating for the community of Lorburn. And this is, this is where I, I think about the culture of Saskatchewan, because I dare say you can go into homes anywhere in the province of Saskatchewan and see a piece of art with an elevator in it. Why? Because, it, because that's our province. No different than if you go to the East Coast, there's all kinds of art for sale with lighthouses and lobster traps. Yet in Saskatchewan, it's fields with bales, swathed, wheat, and an elevator in the background. Those, those landmark buildings in our communities are devastating to lose. I feel bad for the community of Lorburn to have lost that elevator. Because it, it really isn't about whether or not the elevator is even being actively used. It's the symbol that it represents. To me, it says we're a community. I remember when Abernethy lost its elevators and it wasn't, wasn't to fire. It was they were no longer active and elevators. If they're not active, they either can be purchased for personal use. But if they are, there's a lot of. I would say standards, right? Health or sorry, safety standards that have to be met in order to keep them open and operational. And so a lot of communities have to just say, you know what? It's, it's not worth it. We're not using it. We're going to tear it down because of the risk that comes with, with keeping it up. But sadly, we're losing elevators across this province. There are lots of communities that once had four or five elevators that have none now. And so it doesn't matter if it's the Lorburn Elevator, the Camsack Woodlander Hotel, which was 111 years old, that old barn on the Yorkton Exhibition Grounds. These are landmarks in our community that we won't get back. We'll look at pictures. We'll talk about them. And so forever protective of small-town Saskatchewan, I will I will always say we, we need to take note of this because these, these pieces of our community are a piece of our culture, and they're important for all of us. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, it's been a busy morning this morning. Lots of good discussion. You know what we haven't talked about today is teachers. Haven't talked at all about the teachers. In fact, since that last full day strike, it's been pretty quiet. I'm wondering when we are going to hear next from the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation or the province on whether or not we're any closer to getting a deal at the bargaining table. We've seen two full-day province-wide teacher strikes. One last week, one this week. Of course, there's lots of stuff that is being 
focused on when when we're hearing about where the breakdown is at the bargaining table. Lots of talk about class complexity and the challenges in the classroom, lack of supports, in some cases violence in the classroom and what that looks like. So we've talked a lot about that, but wages too has been a part of it. And there's there seems to be a bit of a discrepancy. We know that the province came to the bargaining table often offering the teachers 7% over three years. The teachers are asking for 2% a year over four years, plus a cost of living increase. And so the province is throwing out, and someone just this morning from the province tweeted that it's 23.5%. When I asked STF President Samantha Beacott, she says, well, we don't really know what the number is. The 2, 2, 2, and 2, the 2% a year is what we're asking for as a raise, but we want cost of living increase as well. Cost of living, I think last year was 6%. This year, I don't know if it's around 4 So if you take that math right there, two years plus those 2% increases, that's that's at 18 It's conceivable that it could be over 20%, obviously, over a four-year deal, right? So you're looking at 4 4.5%, 5% a year, potentially, if you were breaking it down that way. So they're at a stalemate. Don't know what that is. Don't know how how they'll get there and how will wages play into it. I did, though, hear, and sometimes, you know, when you're talking, it doesn't matter if you're talking to the union, if you're talking to the province, you have to hear what they're saying and what they're not saying. But what I heard STF President Beacott say is, yes, we're asking for 2% a year for four years and a cost of living increase, but we can't even talk about what that is going to look like because we're not at the table, which to me feels like she's saying we're willing to bargain, right? That's that's bargaining, okay? Their starting position is full cost of living plus two, 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 and two. The province's starting is 7% over three. If you can sit at the table and bargain, you get to whatever that is, and they haven't been able to do that. So maybe, I oh, whoops, I didn't want to laugh, but I, I wanted to say maybe the silence we're hearing in the last few days is both sides coming together and saying, okay, let's talk. Gosh, wouldn't that be good? Although we would have less to talk about, but it would be good for the province, for the students, for education. There's still bigger discussions around curriculum that we've, I think we've uncovered a lot of different education topics. So there, we talked about it. I just said we hadn't talked about it this morning. We talked about it. We'll continue and wait to hear from either the province or the STF as to what the next steps will be. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.